Before today, Japan, the Japanese national team had never beaten a former World Cup champion in the tournament. And now they've done it twice in the space of a few days. Japan beat Spain, top their group. And Germany, even though they beat Costa Rica, means that they are out and Spain are second. This World Cup continues to shock us. Unbelievable stuff. Incredible scenes. I am so happy for Japan. I don't even care if you call me by. This is unbelievable, <laughs> really. And this is why we watch the World Cup. LME, Luis Miguel, check it out here. ESPN FC Daily. Gab Marcotti in the house. I know that he's a happy man. We're going to ask him in a second. Shaka Hislop, your initial reactions. What a ridiculous end of today. It, it really is. And in a World Cup that just continues to, to amaze, to impress to throw up conundrums that we never thought before a ball was, was kicked. And, and even as games go on, I, I cannot remember sitting on the edge of my seat all week up long, looking at the teams that are playing. You're no longer just worrying about goal difference or who scored more. But for the past two days, I've been glued to my phone counting yellow cards. And that is how fiercely contested this has been. This is, is what has almost defined this World Cup, the way some of the smaller, lesser-known nations have given some of the mighty giants a lot to think about, the way it's kept neutrals, such as myself, glued to every single game, every single result. Shaka Hislop, amazing words. Do me a favor, my friend. Pop out, come back in with your audio. It's a little bit uh, weird right now, but we need your poetic, beautiful words. Just leave and come back. Let me talk to Gab Marcotti for a second. You grew up in Japan. Gab, uh, before taping everybody, the whole team just joins and puts on their screens and everything. And, you know, just so we get ready for the show. And Gab is like screaming in the background. I am so happy. Uh, give me your thoughts. Japan top their group. It's, it's unbelievable. Yes, I, I, I spent four of my formative years between the ages of, of 12 and 15 uh, in Tokyo. So obviously I was super excited for them. Plus, of course, it, it, it meant that Germany were going out, which, you know, if you're Italian, makes it all the more special because... Uh, you know, ultimately means Germany will not win their fifth World Cup and will not pull ahead of Italy. So uh, at least we got something to hang on to, uh, you know, when we don't qualify for two consecutive World Cups like Italy. Uh, but that was unbelievable. That was absolute drama. I think in Japan's case, what, what made it all the more unbelievable is I cannot figure out Moriyasu at all, the coach, because... He made a bunch of weird changes ahead of the Costa Rica game, and then they didn't win. And, of course, they lost a game which they should have won, I thought. Uh, he makes a bunch of weird changes for this game as well, and they go a goal down, and you expect the floodgates are going to open. But then Luis Enrique says, hold my beer, Moriasu. Well, maybe my non-alcoholic beer, of course, is we're in Doha. And then he says, let me take off Morata, and let me make it a little bit easier for you. And... They scored twice. One of them, again, to me, it looked like the ball had gone out. I don't know, but I trust in VAR and technology. Goal stands. There it is, and it's 2-1. Um, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, you know, Belgium were the biggest scalp to have gone out until now. Now now it's Germany. 
um, what a story. What a story. I mean, and, it, and it's worthy to remember again, and Shaka joins once again, it's worthy to remember again that Germany for the second consecutive World Cup don't make it out of the group stages. And, you know, uh, I don't know where the finger is pointed at here, uh, Shaka, because, you know, new manager, the talent is there. I mean, I know that there are issues. They're not as strong as they used to be. Um, I guess they need a number nine, but still not, not, not enough to suggest that they wouldn't make it out of here. And Costa Rica, by the way, were leading at some point. Mm -hmm. A Costa Rican team, <laughs> by the way, a Costa Rican team, by the way, that, that to, being here in Qatar is, is a success within itself. Like th th that should be the victory. And the fact that they were leading against Germany is very alarming. Where did Germany go from here, Shaka? Well, well first of all, let me apologize to Costa Rica all their to the entire population for our, our hot take on Costa Rica after that Spain game. I, I was excoriating in, in my criticism of them, um, and, and they, they proved me wrong. Okay, you can make whatever ex excuses you like around, around the Japan result, around the team selection, but they won. Um, and then in this one, okay, though they didn't win, they certainly had us all sitting up and taking notice, especially if, if, if you were German or supporting Germany. You, you were worried. So um, my apologies for, for my hot take a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> well, Shaka, honestly, uh, like, I, I'll, keep, I'll let you keep going, but, but it's justifiable because Costa, people mm -hmm. need to understand that Costa Rica qualifying to the World Cup was a victory in itself because they were not good in qualifiers. I've said before that their young players are too young right now. Their old players are too old. There's a lot of issues from a developmental uh, standpoint. So getting killed by Spain in that opening game was not a surprise, it, it, you know, honestly. And, and, and the fact that they managed to do what they did in the second game against Japan, Japan topping the group, and now leading against Germany in periods of that game, 2-1. I mean, it's unbelievable, Shaka. So, so it, it's justifiable yeah. to, to, to your point. Yeah, and, and, and it's also tough to bounce back from, from that right. kind of opening day loss. So, I, again, my, my, my apologies. I, I thought Costa Rica recovered and, and did themselves proud, though they're the bottom of the group. Um, I, I, I think the bounce back is something you can at least be proud of and, and, and look forward to. As far as Germany goes, and we keep saying that this German team, out in the group stage in the last two World Cups, the World Cup before that, they won it, which kind of makes it even more ridiculous as to, as to how 2018 and now 2022 uh, have, have gone for them. I, listen, it, it's, it's, you have to point to, to them not having an out-and-out out number nine, and maybe that's just how things go. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure... How else to put it? But Fulcrum was, was available um, to from the start for, for, for Anzi Flick and, and chosen not to use him from the start today. So that's a question only he can answer as to whether or why he decided to, to go with, with, with the lineup um, that, that he did for, from the start in, in each of their games. So it's, you're really scratching around looking for answers. And now while I think you can... You can you can use that excuse of, of not having the right players in the right positions for, for some of these smaller nations. I, I'm not sure it's one that really washes for, for, for a country that, the size of Germany. Um, so they, they go home humbled um, and, and without much of an excuse, in, in all honesty. Go ahead, Dad. Jump in on Germany. So 
it's funny because you know we have a little chat here where our, our backstage people send in uh, little messages, little facts, and it says that's Italy's not true, Gab. That's not true. We already know all of this. We don't need any. Yeah, exactly. It says, <laughs> Italy's the only former FIFA World Cup champion to be eliminated from consecutive group stages. Uh, guess what? That is a lie. It's not true. <laughs> Germany has also been eliminated. Germany has proven you wrong. How cool is that? <laughs> Don't trust the mainstream media, folks. Do your research. I always say, yeah. Um, look, I, I, I think there is, there is a major difference, I think, this time around to last time around. Last time around with Germany losing, it was absolutely dramatic in that, in that Korea game. Uh, it was kind of funny because I was at another game. We were in like the stadium media center, where which is where all the media hang out before taking their uh, before taking their seats. I forget what game it was, somewhere in Russia. And everybody's watching uh, this game. And then if you remember that dramatic VAR call at the end, and then it turns out Germany's goal. I can't remember if it stood or didn't stand or whatever. Once the final whistle goes, everybody in everybody in the media center just just cheered as if. You know their own country just won the World Cup, and and I think as I said, this speaks to the respect that people have of Germany and of German football. To to Shaka's point about the center forward, I mean, it's kind of six of one, one half dozen of another, right? Uh, full crew. The the reason full crew hasn't been starting, yeah, he's a center forward, but the basic reason is he's not good. He's not as good as. Thomas Muller. He's not as good as Kai Havertz. He doesn't offer that kind of, of pressing balance. I mean, again, once you decide that Kai Havertz isn't right for you at center forward, there's really only one option if you want to press and move a certain way, and that's Thomas Muller. Otherwise, you go to full crew, you do something completely different. And, and maybe you should be bold in a World Cup, but equally, Hansi Flick is a human being, right? And Thomas Muller's done a lot for German football and a lot for Bayern. And, you know, it's not like he's 40 years old. He's 32, 33 now, I think. So I, I, I can understand that. I don't, I mean, I think if I'm going to point a finger here, if we want to point fingers, I think we point fingers maybe a little bit more to Manuel Neuer. And maybe a little bit more to the fact that this was a tough group. You know, when you go through the games, they absolutely screwed the pooch against, um, against Japan in the first game because he didn't take their chances in the first half. But then they drew with Spain, which I think is fair enough, played well in the last 20 minutes. And then they beat Costa Rica, right? So I'm not saying we should have sympathy for Germany, because that would be weird and unnatural. But I think we do need to put it in some kind of context, you know, this time around and four years ago. I'm just, just, I'm just going to quick... I mean, listen, the, the lineup is, you know, Leroy Sané for Bayern Munich, uh, Jamal Musiala, one of the most uh, promising young stars in Europe, Serge Gnabry, who has his own right as a player, of course, Goretzka, Ilkay Gundogan, you know, from Man City. Rudiger is no slouch. Sule is no slouch. Uh, Joshua Kimmich, we know what he can deliver. And to your point, Thomas Muller is not exactly 40 years old. This is unacceptable, I think, for Germany. Yeah, but what, what, what can they do? What can they do, Luis? Not, not, I mean, get out of the group. Get out of the group. Get out of the group. Just I know, but it's fine. Group. Okay, it's fine for us to shout and yell, get out of the group, get out of the group. Okay, gotcha, right? But they drew with Spain, or pretty darn good. They can't travel back in time. And I can't, it's unbelievable you're making me defend Germany here. But <laughs> I know. Why, why are you that's doing that? Like, that's, worth, that's worth the entry money in itself. But it's not like Hansi Flick 
can travel back in time to that second half against Japan and say, hey, guys, be better. Manuel Neuer, be better. Don't get beaten on your, on your so front it, post. Nico so Schultz are back. Don't so be a Hansi fool. Flick right? deserves no, no criticism here. Sorry? Does Hansi Flick deserve any kind of criticism here? I mean, I think obviously, I think he does because Germany could be better and ultimately the buck stops with him. But, but it, it's, what I'm saying is it's the weird dynamic of this World Cup and the way the group panned out that, you know, you should be able to lose your first game if you're a big nation mm. and then come back. And maybe if they had been a number one seed, then in a different group, that would have happened. Yeah. It didn't happen this time around. And they go out and they deserve to go out. It's as simple as that. But I think that's where the damage was done in those second 45 minutes uh, just here up the road at, at the Khalifa Stadium. That's yeah. where it was done. And then you couldn't put the, 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 the toothpaste back in the tube at that point. Yeah, similar to Mexico and, and Poland and not beating Poland in the first game. Uh, Shaka. Uh, Manuel Neuer. Well, sorry, 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 sorry. With all due respect, not similar to Mexico and Poland because Mexico, Wait. this Mexico, is not Germany. Time right? that I'm not. Time and Japan out. don't have don't, enough. Don't do this to me, Gamarcotti. I am not comparing Mexico and Germany as teams. I'm comparing. <laughs> I'm on a roll. The, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. comparing the narrative of what happened. I love you, Gab. Be happy that Japan topped the group. Shaka Hislop, Manuel I'm Neuer. I'm hyperactive. Sorry. <laughs> Talk to me about Manuel Neuer, Shaka Hislop, uh, as a goalkeeper. You know, uh, Gab just said some uh, notable points about uh, their, you know, star goalkeeper. But Germany are not lacking in, in goalkeepers, I, I believe. But what would you make of Neuer in this tournament? Um, listen, I, Manuel Neuer is still one of the best goalkeepers in the world. I, I'm still the best that, that Germany has to, to offer. And I know they're not short of options. And, and, it, I'm struggling to kind of remember, and, and you have to forgive me, it's, it's, it's been a long tournament. We've seen a lot of goals. I'm struggling to remember, I, I can't remember the first goal today for, for, for Costa Rica, in all honesty. Um, but in, in, in listening to, to the commentary here, um, they were a little bit criti critical of Neuer in, in the second goal, where I, which I thought was unfair on, on Neuer in, in, in Costa Rica's sec second goal. All he could do is make himself big. The ball hit him and then... Hit, hit the, the Costa Rican play on, on the knee and, and finds its way into the back of the net. That was just unlucky. Um, and, and yes, and listen, I take the point again without explicitly remembering the goals that, that he conceded that Manuel Neuer, like everybody else for, for Germany, could have been better. But I, I, I think still, when this dust is settled and when somehow Germany have kind of figured out why they, they're out in the group stage yet again. Manuel Neuer will still be regarded as one of the best goalkeepers in, in, in the world. Maybe some of his powers are waning, but he's still an incredible player for Germany to have to call on. Yeah, well, 100%. Uh, by the way, uh, our, the, our producers with some great stats here, as Gab was saying, gives us some uh, jewels of information. Let's talk about Spain for a second. They end up second in this group, Gab. Spain's chances to progress, by the way, went up by coming second in the group because with the loss, Spain likely avoids being in the same quadrant of the bracket as Brazil, right? And also Spain's uh, percentage chance to reach the semifinals goes from 35% to 43% and the final from 23% to 25%. A lot of numbers, et cetera, et cetera. But bottom of the story is their immediate match right now is against Morocco, not Croatia. Gab, we talked about Croatia, how tough they are. What, what, do you think that was a subconscious decision by Luis Enrique? A, a, a good, what, that, that meme, right? With that, that one, is, is that a good one, Gab? What do you think? 
I, I don't. I don't. Even though I was actually, I, I was on, I was texting with uh, with my best friend who's Spanish, and I was saying like, you know, we were saying he should do that. Like, my friend doesn't like Luis Enrique for many different reasons, um, but he was saying like, it's the obvious thing to do. This is your chance to knock out Germany, right? Once Germany had gone three two up. Just stop playing. Costa Rica are not going to come back. So just stop <laughs> playing. Don't score. And but of course, you know that's not football. Uh, that would have been akin to you know that weird 1982 game involving Germany or West Germany, as it was then in Austria. Um, that would not have been sporting. So they went for it. Uh, but you're right. It is in Spain's in- interest because not only did you knock out a potential winner in Germany, um, you know, even though not a favorite. But, yeah, you're out of Brazil's bracket. And, you know, sometimes finishing second can help a lot. Um, look at England last World Cup, right? They, they finished second and they had in their group, losing the third group stage game to, to Belgium. And as a result, they had a far easier run um, to the semifinals uh, than, than certainly Belgium had. That said, Morocco, no pushover at all. And I'm not sure that... Morocco is necessarily um, a softer touch for Spain than Croatia would have been. In fact, I think if I'm Spain, I would have rather played Croatia than Morocco. I'm, I'm in total agreement with you there, Gavin. And listen, coming into this tournament, and, and here's a little bit another of my of my own confessions. I, I always feel that certainly in region, one team, one team does exceptionally well in, in one team from from that region. In, in 2002, South Korea got all the way to the semifinals. I know as, as co-hosts. Um, in, in 2010, Ghana in, in South Africa, they were a missed penalty away, which we were discussing earlier, away from getting to the semifinals uh, themselves. And then with this one, I kind of, I was in a couple of minds as, as to who would be the team to represent, I'm going to roughly say, the Middle East, and, and I know Morocco and, and North Africa, but um, in, in a general catchment area. And, and I, I kind of felt it was between Morocco and Iran and my pre-tournament, um, uh, I'm not sure how to describe it, but I went with Iran. I'm back in Morocco to, to, to be, to, to be that, that shining example. So I, I, I say all that just to make the point that while the numbers may have changed, um, I, I, I don't think that this is a, a, a Morocco team that you take for granted any time at all. Look at the quality that they have to call on just in terms of, in terms of pure talent. Look at, 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 at what they represent. Um, and, and nothing says that this is any easier for Spain. Yeah, there's an argument to be made that Hakim Ziyech is one of the players of the tournament so far, and he's not alone in this team. I, before we move on, just one message. Luis Enrique, I'm a fan of you. I thought you were very arrogant leading up to this game. Not rotating, it's not an issue for me, but it's a comment that you made in your streaming channel, which is like, I think we're the best team uh, in this tournament. You can say that, you can believe that, and it's fine. It can be a good motivating tool, but I do believe there was a slightly uh, sentiment of arrogance coming into this one, and Japan straight up showed you up and justifyingly so we have a fan question by the way for both of you gab you go first and shaka where does this world cup rank among your favorites you have covered or watched where does this world cup rank among your favorites you've covered or watched gab marcotti you go first sir. 
Well, if we're going with watched, um, I'm going to count the ones that I watched as a kid, right? So obviously I'm going to take 1982, Italy being who? West Germany in the final. Uh, I'm going to take 2006. Italy I knew that was number one. Yeah, uh, beating West, beating Germany. In fact, they got together with their cousins of the East, and we still beat them in the semifinal. <laughs> and that, of course, won uh, and ruins it at Dean Zidane's last day, which was even more special. Um, so obviously, as a fan, I'm going to I'm going to put those two uh, at the top. You know, for football and and shocks, I thought. Um, I actually thought 2018 um, offered a lot, as did 2014. Um, you know, so I would probably put put those two um, up there. Uh, I like you it. Know, I some, like it. Some, some of the others, you know, we can, we can go and debate about. But I, I just thought... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 2018 and 2014 were really just just from a spectator rather than being here covering it or so on, but just from a on-page football and excitement. I actually thought the last two World Cups were were pretty special. Yeah, 2018 had a lot of goals, especially in the group stages. Shaka, what about you? I'm, I'm glad you went to Gab for this because I, I think it's the nature of this tournament that while you're in it, you think this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Like yeah. this is the most fun. And as, as we've been discussing. I've been sitting here counting yellow cards. That's that's how I've got two screens up. Yeah. And I'm you might get kicked cards. out of your house, Chaka. Exactly. Weird obsessive behavior. I've never had to do that before, you know? And um, so you, you kind of feel, while you're in it, you think this is the great, greatest thing ever. And then, I, you know, to that point, come 2026, it may be, you know, I maybe think exactly the same thing in the middle of that tournament. Right. But... Um, 78, 78 will always be a special welcome for me. Um, I, not that I have that, that much of a recollection of the tournament itself, but it, it was the first, I was only nine years old, and it's the first, my first real experience of enjoying a welcome that I can, I can truly recall. And uh, Argentina in Argentina, Mario Kempes with that flowing hair, the ticker tape, it, it just kind of, it, it just has a real sentimental um, place for me. Um, I know then, Argentina defeated Peru six nothing in that one, so I can. I, I, right, I mean, uh, but the, the, for, the for, best uniforms ever, though the Peruvian nineteen seventy. I, I mean, and it, I will it, hear not otherwise. What, so what about another one, Shaka? What about another one? Um, well, two thousand six again, less for the football than mm. just what it meant to, to Trinidad and Tobago, and it's something that we continue to relive, and I continue to, to point out to to, to 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 my son as as we sit here watching it how different people um, react differently to, to 
while we will, we'll, as this tournament runs on, we'll talk about favorites and who gets the final and who wins it. You, 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 have to, you have to appreciate how some fans just break down when their team wins a game, when their team scores a goal, or I was just enjoying the, the Japanese fans showing a, a, a kind of emotion that you only see from winners um, at the end of the tournament just because they top the group and, and get out of the group stage. It means so many different things to so many different people. And I, I love that aspect of it. Again, that is not unique to this World Cup. That, that's for, for, for every single World Cup. Um, 98, and in particular, the final, the drama of Ronaldo. I am a huge Zinedine Zidane fan. Um, and given everything kind of leading up to the final round, Ronaldo, and then Zidane in Paris, that also felt really special. Absolutely. Uh, the Ronaldo documentary covers that well. A certain guy, Marcotti, gives some great insights in that one, by the way. Make sure to check it out. Mine has to 2018 for me, just because Peru coming back, obviously, to the World Cup. That was amazing. 98 and 90. I like 90. I remember being in Iquitos, in Lima, Peru, just watching Cameroon do their thing. Amazing stuff. All right. Let's move on here. Uh, Roberto Martinez. He's out. Very emotional, Roberto Martinez. Well, not very emotional. He's a man that likes to keep his emotion. But you could see the emotion coming out of him. Obviously, he's done, you know, his work with Belgium, uh, third place in the, in the previous World Cup, and now he's out. They're not, Belgium don't make it out of the group stages. Gab, thoughts on Roberto Martinez um, as a manager? Where do you think he will go from here? What do you think? I think his reputation is still kind of intact in terms of being in line for jobs, you know, again, maybe not Real Madrid, Bayern, Manchester City caliber jobs. Um, but I think the next year down, because there's enough people in football who kind of really appreciate, you know, that we, we, we talked to the last time we did the stream on, you know, the fact that they were number one in the world for so long and kind of, well, what does it mean if you don't win silverware? Well, I think when Cubs, when, when clubs assess, um, the performance of, of, of a manager. They look for consistency. And I think that shows uh, consistency. And the other thing about this golden generation, guys, um, you know, yes, it was a golden generation, but the problem with a country the size of Belgium is if you have too many great players who are in the same position, it doesn't really help you that much, right? Um, all those years of golden generation with, with fullbacks like Thomas Meunier, no disrespect, but hey, Thomas Meunier, come on now, right? <laughs> and he's got to make it work. Um, so you know, the Belgian end, Rabiot. Sorry, the Belgian Rabiot. No, nah, the, the, the 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 Belgium. I'd rather not say. I, so he's <laughs> he's kind of had this thing where yeah. you know, it's not like it's not, it's not like you're you're Brazil or, or Germany or yeah. theoretically Italy or Spain where you're such such a wide choice. And all along, he, he generally played good football. In this World Cup, I think Belgium were, were horrible, and some of it is obviously on him. Um, but I think you have to look beyond that and look at it as entire body of work. And I, I, I hope we see him back on a job soon. Yeah. Chaka? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Listen, I think Roberto Martinez continues to serve the game really well. And, and I have been critical of, of Belgium and their failure to, to win silverware uh, over the years. But in, at this level of the game, international football, it's it's difficult to win silverware. You know, it, it, it really, really is, which is why it's celebrated as it is. 
Um, I, I, I'm, I'm with Gab. I don't think there's any doubt that he'll find himself in a good job. Again, like Gab, not one of those tier one jobs, I guess you could call it, but it, it certainly will be tier two. Um, and, and deserving of that opportunity. And of course, I, I do sympathize with the emotions that, that he's going through right now. Um, it was a long run with a very good team. All good things come to an end. That doesn't make it any easier when, when they do. Yeah, rightly said. And uh, we're nearly done here. Don't forget ESPN FC Daily continues every day. That's why it's called ESPN FC Daily. Get it? Oh, uh, but good. tomorrow yeah. is the final day of the group stages. And we've already talked about Uruguay against Ghana. But Brazil, who are already in, have to face uh, Cameroon. And Coach Chiche was talking about his selections regarding this game. We have 26 athletes that... Uh, a very, very skilled folk. So I'm asked who's going to play. I look one side. There's Fabinho, started for Liverpool. Then there's Ederson, started for Man City. Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Martinelli started at Arsenal. It's too many good players. What we do is give the best conditions so they can practice and compete at high level. That's what I do. Well, then, how tough is it for Chiche these days? Huh? I mean, my wallet's too small for my 50s and my diamond shoes don't fit. Look at this squad. It's ridiculous. It doesn't matter if he puts out the reserve. Chaka his love. This Brazilian side is just too good. It is. And listen, I, I, I understand and, and, and fully sympathize. When Brazil can call on, on the players that they can, and that TJ just, just, just mentioned, it's, it's difficult. You know, you know who you're starting 11 is. Um, you know who your best team is. Uh, you know what options you, you have to you. And... and I think one one of the more difficult jobs of of a manager of a nation or a club with, with with that kind of talent to call on is keeping everyone happy, keeping everyone focused on what's the big picture here. And he seems to have done that. And and two games down, two games they've, they've won both. Thanks partly to that um, last well, nearly last minute goal from from Casemiro. And now we can afford to make changes. Uh, and players have an opportunity. Those players who maybe did not start in, in either of the first two games have an opportunity or may have an opportunity from the start. We'll see what his starting 11 is to make an impression. Um, but I, I, to, to his point, and, and there's no getting around it, there has never been any day denying it. As squads go, I don't think they get any more talented than, than Brazil's. And... That, and so now he, he's got his work cut out for him in that regard. Um, I, I, I'm a big Chichi fan, as you know. Uh, the guy's not just really, really good at what he does. He's also he's also humble, and I think he's just praising his players. Um, mm. I would slightly take issue the fact that his very talented squad is down two starters right now in uh, Danilo and that guy Neymar, something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, and I think it does matter. It, it does matter because, you know, he's got to make adjustments. He's got to make choices. And we saw it in the last game, moving the packet around um, with Danilo as well. Okay, so now you've got Eder Militao right back, who doesn't normally play right back. Not going to make a difference in this game, but could it make a difference further on, you know? Um, so I think the dynamics of World Cup are such that, even, you know, we always have to remember this with World Cup teams, right? You can't go and buy players to go and fill positions of need. Even Brazil, with all their talent and all their depth, to some degree, they are putting square pegs 
in in round holes, right? Um, even Danilo hasn't played, who's your starter at right back. He hasn't played that much right back uh, at, at Juventus. You know, sometimes they play the three, sometimes he's been using different roles. And now he's gone, so now you're playing a center back at right back. Or you can also play a guy who Dani Alves 40 now or 39, whatever it is, right? So, you know, that's kind of where you are. And, and, and that's part of the fun, right? That's why these, these are nations. You know, you, you've got a pool of players and you got to figure out how to, uh, how to make things um, fit together. Yeah, I, I think to that point, Gab, it's, it's for me, it's, it's less putting square pegs in round holes, as, as you put it. Um, but Brazil plays so differently with Neymar in the park. Neymar gives you such a different option, the way that he floats in between, in between the lines and when, when he gets on the ball. And as talented as the rest of, of those players are, nobody has Neymar's skill set. And, and that's not meant as a criticism at all. I just, I'm just pointing out exactly how talented yeah. and how unique a player, not, a player not, not only is. Not only is the skill set, but and, and to Gab's point, I am such... If, if there's a manager out there that can deal with this kind of this plethora of talent, it's Coach Chiche. But there is, there is no... What, what he does with Neymar, nobody does. Like, no, he doesn't... Barcelona didn't do it. PSG didn't do it. Santos didn't do it. He plays this weird, like, eight asterisk false nine. Like, nobody does it. Nobody does it. So it, it, they're a different team without mm. Neymar. But... They are very, very deep. And I do want to see more of the likes of, I mean, Gabriel Jesus. Hopefully, Martinelli will get some minutes. But if there's a team that's equipped to deal with this, at least in the group stages, knockout stages is a different World Cup. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, a very strong Brazilian side, everybody. And the group stages finish tomorrow. And then we get really going this weekend. Of course, don't forget, ESPN FC Daily is live tomorrow at the end of both of these Windows will be live as well and will continue on the weekend for the knockout stages. Gab Marcotti, thank you so much, brother. Thanks again. My pleasure. Cheers, Gab. Shaka. Shaka.